You are listening to the Body Charge podcast, and I'm your host, Sandy Sanderson. Today's Body Charge podcast is about the life changing impact of emotional catastrophe. What happens to our emotional self when we encounter a major life changing shift hit the fan moment? That's right, shift hit the fan. What happens when a marriage fails or a business partner you trusted does the dirty on you? What happens when life serves up something very different from the expectation you had had in your mind? My special guest today, John Lawyer, has been able to transform from a soldier in desert combat zones to a battle within and eventually to become a spiritual seeker. He acts as one of many guides for Kishar, a non-profit online spiritual community for people to share their journey and explore their own unique spiritual path. John is an omnist and believes in the validity of great human thought from around the world and across time. I like that idea. Um, we shouldn't be limited, should we? Truth, truth has no bounds or shouldn't have any bounds or censorship. <laughs> So my first question, John, uh, welcome. I'm very happy to have you on board today's podcast because it, these are really important issues today for people. We're human beings and we, and we have emotional needs and, you know, we can be very hurt emotionally. That can affect all levels of health um, and emotional issues and obstacles and obstructions and traumas can very much incapacitate our health and make us very sick. Um, so this is one of the reasons why I'm very interested in your particular journey. So how did you learn to cope as a retired soldier? What kind of cognitive dissonance was going on in your mind after your experience um, in the field and then you came back? And what was going through your mind when you refer to a battle within? Tell us about that battle. Yeah, I think that you know, when you're, you know, when I was over there and I, you know, I was a young soldier at the, when I first started to experience some of these things, some of these, the fear and the trauma that comes with just knowing that something could happen to you. It's not anything that is this, most of the time it's this low grade thing, you know, and it, uh, you don't notice it as much. And then, you know, there might be big things that happen along that same time timeline and, and and path where okay maybe there's a missile attack or something like that that's a big a big trauma and you notice it but then again you also don't notice it because you it happens and then you have your kind of physiological response to it and then you kind of move on because you've got to do things you've got to keep doing your job and um and be brave because they tell you to be brave and they teach you to not show fear and to not acknowledge your emotions right that's kind of like ingrained into us i think a little teach, bit by society but teach you to bottle it up John, yeah be a yeah. man suck it up yeah um to the extent that like and that that's actually you mentioning that makes me think about my own unit we were counterintelligence special agents and uh we were one of the most deployed units uh in the entire united states military after 9 11 we had soldiers and like 20 different countries and uh, our ops, our operations tempo over the years was just come home, go back, come home, go back. And uh, 
we all had top secret security clearances and we weren't really allowed at the time. They didn't really uh, allow us to go see, seek mental health or therapy because they would revoke our security clearance. That's, they fixed that in the last 20 years, but, um, you know, yeah, we were taught to bottle it up for sure. And so you do that, you keep going and then you come back home and you go do it again and then rinse and repeat, you know, and do you think I that's... spent, Sorry for interrupting, but do you think that no, the constant activity or a distraction was a way, some kind of way, maybe not a, the best way, but a, a way to cope with um, the inner conflict of being there and the trauma and seeing, seeing you know, innocent people suffer, um, become injured, killed, and, and your friends and your colleagues becoming injured? There's There's a kind of loss of innocence isn't there there's a loss of innocence and you you need to deal with that but then you can't because the danger is imminent you have to you know get become active do something protect yourself so you have to be able to sidestep and you know keep the ball rolling and get your job done as you mentioned um, and so you keep accumulating or this bottleneck of things that need to be dealt with. And, you know, over time, I guess it could get bigger and bigger until you finally get a pause. You get a moment where you can sit down and rest and relax and there's no more danger. And then your mind starts to flood. Is that what happened to you when you came back? You felt, okay, now I'm in a safe place. I'm back in my own country. I'm in my home. I can I can relax and have a break. So tell us about what happens in that process. How does the mind unleash that bottleneck inside? Yeah, I love I love that that whole series there because and there's definitely a loss of innocence and loss of youth. So I definitely want to affirm what you were saying there. You know, and I think that's one of the most underrated aspects of war for soldiers too. But but you know, getting back to coming home, I think that the unraveling of it, you know, is, you know, we kept, we kept going back. And so we kept avoiding it. Yeah. And sidestepping it, like you said. And when you come home, suddenly you have to face something. You know, I'm not, I, I don't think that I was even personally sure what I had to face. What, did I have to face myself? Did I have to face being part of the evils of the Western military industrial complex? Did I have to face all the pain and suffering that I was on the receiving end of, and that I was also on the dealing end of as a soldier or, you know, so all these did things have, definitely. Did, did you have feelings of guilt in that process? You, you no, absolutely. Did, yeah. Mentioned being yeah, part yeah. of that big machinery. You helped it yeah. along. Um, even though you weren't prepared or didn't really understand the full implication of what it was all about. You, you're, body your arms and legs you still were part of it so how did you deal with that guilt that was a big part of it for me one of my jobs in afghanistan was to choose targets and choose which compound our guys were going to go and raid and, and capture someone or pick targets to to drop bombs on and um you can say you can try to justify it and equivocate it and say that oh well i was saving lives and protecting people when i was but at the same time we were hurting people that were uh just humans trying to live their lives and put food on their table and protect their what they thought was their own and so yeah i think there's a tremendous amount of guilt that came along with all of this and from what i've seen from 
other soldiers and people, some some have a stronger reaction based on, I think humans have different levels of empathy and connection to the universe and people around them. And I think I, I pretty have a pretty high degree of that. And I know a few other people around me that. So you have similar... empathy, empathy for others, the suffering of others. Yeah, absolutely. And, and that takes a real toll, you know, so it's not just the toll that it's taken on your body. There's a physical toll and a mental toll from all of it. And there's that, that emotional toll and spiritual, it's a spiritual toll of, you know, living in that darkness for so long and, uh, and coming to terms with that. So, yeah, that was a big part of figuring out who I was and what I was and where I was going when I got back home. Yes. So, so tell us about, so you've gone through this issue, you've had um, emotional conflicts, trying to resolve the why of something, trying to find out, you know, because you sound like a really good person, you know, having empathy for others is a very high spiritual uh, quality. And it's something that I would like to see encouraged. Uh, you know, that's what makes us real humans. And, you know, when people refer to he's not behaving like a human, that means he's more like or she, you know, more like a robot, devoid or cut off from that empathy. And so, you know, that maybe selecting, that maybe trying to, the, the war machine is trying to select people who are, less human and less empathetic and less connected with their human side so they can be like super soldiers like robots um and and i believe they're even trying to develop robotic technology to mimic you know to take the place of real humans it's it's really an an awful futuristic dystopian scenario isn't it um and yeah hopefully we don't go, go down that track too far hopefully the real humans stand up and realize from the loss of the innocence from the pain and the suffering that we don't need to do this we don't need to go down that pathway there's something other that's better and that's good and that's rewarding for everyone on the planet every human being and this leads us to then that spiritual destiny that you will have discovered on your journey. So you've you've had this crisis happen in your life. How did you move towards resolving it or feeling um, some kind of healing process on your emotional side? I think that uh, the first thing that helps is time. They say time heals all wounds, and I think there's wisdom there. So I think time was helpful as part of it. I, I can't underestimate that. But then I had I had been with a person in the VA, a counselor of mine that practiced Eastern faith and medicine. And she had helped me kind of see that path a little bit. I didn't live it. I wasn't on a spiritual path after that. I wasn't healed enough to, to take full and wrap myself around it and, and use it as fully as I could have. But I think it, it set something in motion in me. And so after I was home for seven years, it kind of took me seven years to calm down enough to kind of get to a place where I was able to heal a lot. And then I had a kind of moment of a, awakening or understanding or clarity. There's many words for it, but um, it was just kind of this understanding of oneness with the universe and with everyone and everything and loving kindness. And I kind of understood what my purpose in the world was, my higher purpose, my Dharma. And uh, 
that's what set me on the spiritual path that I've been on for a little over two years now. Yes, so we can't always avoid disaster or catastrophe or crises, can we? And, when you know, looking backwards, 2020 hindsight is always the clearest, isn't it? We sometimes understand how things fit in. And then if that hadn't have happened, we wouldn't have had this kind of evolution in our own thinking and become better and more refined. They say we get um, forged by the fire, you know, like steel gets forged by the fire. Um, and, you know, it can go two ways. I mean, it can totally destroy people and, you know, they cannot live out their life fully and fulfill their divine mission that they came here to do. Or they they can rise above that that inner spirit rises above the physical, which seems to me what you've actually done with your life. Um, when you talk about oneness and going within and finding your mission, your dharma, you know, the idea of which everyone is here for a purpose, a big purpose. Um, in our own circle of activity, we find the, that groove. And that when there are things to learn that we haven't, you know, if we have a belief which is fictitious or false or innocent, we've grabbed hold of an idea, but it's not right, it's not real, and we move along that path, crisis comes across that path to teach us, no, this is this is not the way you're supposed to go. It's false, it's wrong, and it's painful. And the pain wakes us up in a sense, doesn't it? Or it should wake us up to be able to reflect and to have a look at everything from many different sides independently. And as you said, with time, we get to have that little bit more of an objective perspective. Um, when we look at our time further back, it's like looking at another person and that gives us a, a better perspective, wouldn't you say? Yeah, I and I think it absolutely does. And I think perspective is really important, right? Because how we're coming at the world and around us, the reality and the, the universal whole, how we come out that, about that from what perspective changes how we see things. So now, now you've been forged in the fire. <laughs> you've, you've strengthened your inner steel and now you've become part of a spiritual community, which is helping other people grapple with the same kinds of issues of you know, and it may not have been that they were a soldier in a crisis. Maybe they were in a train accident or some other kind of catastrophe, an earthquake, a, a fire, a flood. Uh, you know, lots of things can happen in, in our lives that where we lose loved ones and it's totally unexpected. And, it's, you know, we we feel in a sense lost and disconnected and abandoned and you know we've, where's our footing where's our ground what can we rely on what can we trust who can we trust uh there's a period of time where people are in um very very emotionally distraught state and they need some kind of stability or anchor or at least listening to other people's stories and how they've resolved something similar that gets them on the path of, well, if other people have overcome these issues, then maybe I can too. Is that what your community does online? Yeah, that's a beautiful description of community you just gave. And I think, yeah, that's what that we created this community to do is is for people to share, to to see things, to to be the teacher and be the taught. And uh, 
you know, we all have our own unique journey, our own unique path. It's not going to look the same as anyone else's and that's okay, but maybe we can, it doesn't have to be lonely. You know, it doesn't have to be this bleak thing. It can be warmer and we can still uh, go find answers together. And that's what uh, we wanted to create with this, uh, with this nonprofit community we, we created. Yeah. So in a sense, I also came across or developed um, my business electromagnesium, which is transdermal absorption of magnesium, because I had a health crisis. I had things in my life kind of falling apart, um, financial crisis in the GFC of 2008. Lots of things happened which impacted me, and I'm very conscientious, and I like to do the right thing. And I wasn't able to uh, fulfill what I thought were my obligations, and it caused a great internal distress which made me very sick. So the more stress you have, the more you lose magnesium in your urine and the lower the magnesium in your tissue cells, the less everything functions from the nervous system to, you know, energy levels and you can't sleep very well. And uh, it's very difficult to function when you don't have enough magnesium, the most important mineral to the body for your metabolism. And so um, I feel now I'm in my zone or in my what I'm meant to do. If there's the feeling of I'm anchored into something really big. It's important. I feel great. I can't wait to get up in the morning, to get stuck in the day, to get another job done. Um, I don't feel I'm working. I feel like, well, I'm working, of course. I'm working very hard, but I so enjoy what I'm doing because of the feedback people are giving me. Because, you know, what goes around comes around, doesn't it? If you're finally in your zone of what you need to be doing, life flows. There are no obstacles or obstacles are easy to get around, um, bypass. Um, obstacles are there sometimes to make something better. So I look at the world in a completely different way. Like everything that happens is meant to be and I'm meant to get something out of it. So I'm very much now me focused and it's not in a selfish way. It's it's an understanding that I have power through spirit, through, through um, making a spiritual um, moral decision of things that are right and wrong, that are truthful, uh, discerning what's not truthful and standing in that ground. So empowering. It's so empowering. I can't recommend it enough to others. But first of all, before you get into your mind, you need to relax the body. So if you've become stressed or ill or sick um, because of nutritional deficiency, because you've got worn down, you've had a burnout from um, uh, too much stress, then really start to take care of yourself, take care of your physical body, Make sure you have enough rest, enough sleep. Um, it's it's self caring that's really important. It's like the oxygen mask in the plane. If you know there's a problem, sure. you have to put it on your own mouth first. Get your own oxygen, and then you can help other people as well. And so that's that's right. the message I think we all have to learn to to make sure that we look after ourselves and our families and our immediate communities. Um, and then, you know, there's an old saying, you know, take take care of the pennies and the pounds take care of themselves, you know, in the old fashioned times when they had pennies and pounds as currency. Um, it's it's about looking after this the micro level, you know, the closest thing to you, whether you have the most impact and the most power. 
And that's with yourself first, isn't it? Wouldn't you agree? I, I do agree with that. I think I think you and I sound like we're very kindred spirits in our approach to everything. And I and I absolutely think that self-love and self-care is the absolute first thing that we should do because if if we because don't take care of ourselves, it. we can't. Yeah, we're, we're worth it. And we can't help anybody else or the world around us if we're not uh, lit up ourselves. And so, and I, I appreciate the, the, the holistic aspect of it too, because I think that word, people think it's cliche now, so a little bit, but it's, it's a cliche for a reason. It works like mind, body, soul, you have to take care of your physical real world body. We're not going to just float away into the ether. You know, we, we're going to have to live here in the real world. So, and taking care of our body, I think is, uh, is a really important uh, part of that. I mean, I'm personally attest to the, the, the VA did a, a blood blood test on me. I was massively low in vitamin D and they yeah. gave me, they started giving me vitamin D supplements, changed my life. Uh, yeah. Vitamin D so works something together. Something like that. It works together with magnesium. You have to have a exactly. lot of magnesium to use your vitamin D. And if you don't, then you can get too much calcium flowing through the system, which makes us stiff and hard and crunchy. <laughs> Because right. there's not enough magnesium to balance it out. So magnesium is your relaxing mineral that helps keep right. things f fluid and flexible and juicy. So so younger, it's the anti-aging mineral as well. Right. Um, yeah, so it's a, it's a big um, revelation to understand how important it is to look after your body. And too many times, you know, we get assaulted by media and advertisements and junk food and chemicals and additives. And today, more than ever, we are exposed to way too many toxins in the environment and they just sneak them in here or there. You have to become a very good label reader in the supermarket or, you know, avoid packaged foods altogether if you can and go organic and, you know, have that, as you said, holistic approach as much as possible. I mean, you can't actually block out everything. Um, and your body is capable of dealing with some, you know, uh, toxins and wastes and eliminating them. But the question is the load, how much load can you take? And so it's very important, I think, to pay attention to body, mind, spirit. We are human beings. At the end of the day, I look at the body as a vehicle, like your car. You put the good oil in and you make sure you use the right kind of fuel and, you know, it's got water and the electrics are working and your tires are not bald. <laughs> you make sure that the car's maintained. Well, why? Why? Because you want to have a reliable vehicle to get from A to B to do your stuff, to do things you have to do, to work, to live. Uh, we need to be mobile and we need to, we need our body to be mobile. And nothing um, brought this to my mind more than my, my mother passed away in September. And at the end of July, she lost the use of her legs. And it went very quickly after that because she couldn't move her body. She was neglected in the nursing home. They didn't move her or turn her enough. They didn't give her enough fluid or hydration. Um, the food they gave her was just junk and stodgy, high-carb foods. And it just dehydrated her whole system. Whole system. And she, she lost use of her legs. The blood circulation wasn't working. She developed clots and um, pulmonary embolism that's finally got her the clots because she couldn't end up she didn't breathe and that's all because the body was getting clogged and stuck and didn't move oxygen and nutrients around the body so the vehicle is extremely important despite her spirit being very you know strong she was a fighting spirit um the body let her down 
because for a long time, for decades before that, she didn't pay enough attention to self-care. Right. She was self-sacrificing yeah. too much, always for other people, and she was last and neglected herself. And so there was a lesson. There's a lesson for everyone. Um, I know she'd be looking down from heaven <laughs> somewhere in the other dimension, watching us like a, a, watching a soap opera on TV like they all do apparently they're you know we are spiritual electrical beings with that electricity carries information um information can be stored even in water molecules so you know we have information all around us in the ether and so fascinating probably another topic altogether the area of cosmology and who we are really you know we're we're spiritual beings having a temporary spacesuit in this body uh, having Absolutely. an adventure, having a game, the game of life, and uh, learning how to play it better. Is that how you would wrap it up? How would you summarize everything? No, I think that's a good way to say it. I think that uh, I love the idea that there's information all around us in the ether. I really appreciate that. I believe in that. So, yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, I think that... Uh, we're all we are we are all the same thing. So we're, you know we all started from stardust, and we're all very one one thing. So uh, that's 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 my subscription. Yeah, very good, very good. So thank you very much for um being my special guest today, and um it was really lovely to have that insight into your personal experience. I'm sure these things will help a lot of people. These ideas and the knowledge that there are always solutions. My my husband always said to me when I was facing decisions about what to do, this or that, he said, you ever had a problem you couldn't solve? And I thought about it. I thought, no, not really. So that kind of gave me a bit of confidence. And, yeah. and that's what it's all about, isn't it? It's just having that self-confidence or bouncing off someone else who can just be a, a coach or a moral support or you know, a cheer squad, you know, you can do this kind of thing. You know, we need other people to give us that reinforcement. I think that's part of that spiritual journey. We are not an island. We're not meant to be alone. We're meant to do things Absolutely. together. Yeah, 100%. Lovely. Well, thank you very much. And um, you have a great day. And um, I hope all the listeners really enjoyed this uh, as I have. Thank you so much, Sandy. I appreciate you having me on. Thank you. Bye-bye. All right. Take care. I hope you liked this conversation and will share it with others. Hear more from Body Charge on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, and wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe to our newsletter to get updates on blogs, podcasts, videos, and magnesium special offers at electromagnesium.com.au. Relax, recharge, and recover.